0: fourth chapter as we continue our study of nehemiah as we're looking at his prayers and his prayer life and i'm going to find myself i had to switch bibles on myself so i'm going to find it here let's look here in nehemiah the fourth chapter and we're going to start reading in the first verse father we love you thank you lord for this day thank you lord for your many many blessings and i ask lord god tonight that you would just minister to our hearts and lord i pray that we would see your heart in jesus name Now, as we look here tonight the title of this message tonight is this remaining bold remaining bold when being belittled remaining bold when being belittled anybody ever been belittled anybody ever been tried scorned or or despised for for your walk with Christ well you're in good company But we're going to see in Nehemiah how that he stood firm Notice here in Nehemiah 4 it says, but it So happened when Sambalit heard that we were rebuilding the wall So the enemy's on alert. He understands the wall is being rebuilt, but he was furious very indignant and he mocked the Jews and he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned. Now, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, it will break down their stone wall verse 4 here's Nehemiah Hear, O our God for we are despised turn their reproach on their own heads give them as plunder to a land of captivity do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sins be blotted out from before you For they have provoked you to anger before the builders so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work now we saw Nehemiah as he received the news from his relatives his brothers and about the condition in the state of Jerusalem and the walls were torn down even though the temple had been rebuilt but then we see that he entered into that intercessory role and began to cry out to Jehovah God, the covenant God, and petitioned the king as the Lord gave him favor, we talked about favor last week, to go and to be the one who would rebuild the wall. Now we see that as he's in the midst of the work, that the enemy shows up and he's wanting to belittle the work that's taking place. Let me tell you, the belittling remarks that they came in a form of a questions. Came in form of questions. But let me say to you, the enemy will always question us. He'll always question us. But his strength comes when we start questioning ourselves. Did you get that? So he he brings the belittlement in the despisement and the scorn all of his questions that we're going to look at in just a moment but see if he can get us to start questioning ourselves is what I'm doing important have has anybody let me let me just say this to you and understand I'm not I'm not telling you that we are we, we suffer from some sort of disorder but every voice that comes in our head is not necessarily ours It sounds like us the same tone and texture But there are voices that come and when they begin to tell you what you're doing is not worth it You're not making any difference in anybody's life. Your failure is bigger than God's grace You can't accomplish what is before you let me tell you, though it may sound like your voice, that's not your voice. It's the enemy provoking you. There's the enemy belittling you. But how do we may remain bold while we're being belittled? Let's look at the questions that are brought up and see what the real intent of the enemy it says What are these feeble Jews doing? What is he saying? You're too weak. You can't accomplish it because you're too weak look at these feeble Jews anybody ever been proclaimed that you are weak before the Lord you're too weak you don't know enough will they fortify themselves in other words you don't have any defense you're not strong enough to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish will they offer sacrifices now Samuel and Tobiah they they were that question there as they were are they going to reinstitute the worship they're not worthy to worship you ever been told that you're not worthy to worship you're not worthy to minister in the house of God you're not worthy to lift your voice before the Lord and the Most High God and magnify his holy name anybody ever walked in the house and you didn't feel worthy that's not the voice of the Lord will they complete it in a day there's just not enough time I don't have time to do that I don't have time to accomplish that oh they had the same 24 hours as we do amen will they revive these stones from the heap of rubbish that are burned what is the enemy saying he's declaring you've gone too far and you've done too much you've sinned away your Days. This destruction is all of your own making, and you just have what you have. Oh, let me tell you. See, if he can get us to buy into the questioning, we start questioning ourselves, and then we begin to feel weak in our convictions. But what we see here, even as the his cheering squad, his holler back boy. whatever they build even if the foxes go up on it it's going to break them down nothing they will do will ever matter is what he was saying whatever they do whatever they build it will not have any strength or structure to it despised that's what Nehemiah said oh God uh, we are despised. That, that word means, that means contempt. And contempt means this. The feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, it is worthless and deserving of scorn. So the enemy is questioning. When he begins to bring those questions, you know what the reality is? Those questions... Are his profession of fear. We'll stop and let that settle for a minute. When he starts saying that you're too weak, he is afraid of your strength. When you start building something and saying, "Well, I'm gonna step out on nothing, and I'm gonna believe the God that uh, that I step out on nothing," he's gonna cause something to begin to happen. I'm just gonna bring him a boys' sack lunch and see what he can do with that. I'm going to pick up a a fresh jawbone and see how many of the enemy I can take out. Come on. When when he starts questioning you, you stop falling into that trap and start realizing if he is there bringing an assault against you, then he is ultimately declaring his own fear about you. He's, He's declaring his fear about you. I love Nehemiah I love a praying man remaining bold when being belittled let me give you just three quick verses uh, that'll help you Psalms 138 and 3 in the day when I cried out you answered me who is the you it's a capital you who is the psalmist speaking to he's speaking to the covenant-keeping God and made me bold with strength in my soul come on where's that that boldness comes from the Lord Psalms 28 and 1 the wicked flee when no one pursues the wicked flee when nobody's even looking for them but the righteous are as bold as a lion (laughs) Hebrews 10 and 19 therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ what gives us the right and the access to the presence of the Living God is not our self-effort it is the perfect completion of what Christ has done amen so we look here and we see what Nehemiah begins to re- his rebuttal through prayer His determination to not question what the work that is being done But he's saying bold in the midst of a being belittled and Rest assured that the enemy uses the same tactics and the same tricks. Why does he do that? Because it works many times But I'm here to help you to discover that you are well equipped with the Word of God the presence of the Lord with the blood of Jesus Christ the word of your testimony I'm saying to you, you have an advocate with the Father. You have a, a, a one who wants you to know who you are by discovering uh, who Christ is. You have, uh, as you walk through this earth, you're not walking alone. You are now in relationship with the Living God. If you are a child of God, so He still uses, and you enter into an arena where you're stepping out in faith to maybe do something you've never done before, maybe doing something in a new place altogether, and all of a sudden the enemy begins to try to convince you, hey, this is what you're doing is not really all that important. Let me tell you, God left the 99 to go after the one. That one is important. And if that one is your son or your daughter, your grandchild, I guarantee you they're important. Amen? It's always the same tactics. I love Nehemiah. He said, give them as a plunder to a land of captivity. In other words, uh, let those predators that are coming in with the fear, let them become the prey. When well, the enemy comes in and he's wanting to devour, guess what? You begin to pray to Jehovah God and begin Pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will discover that the Lord will turn them back and those predators that are after you will become the prey. Don't cover their iniquity. Come on now. Don't cover their iniquity. Let's stop. Let's make a covenant together. Let's stop enabling the devil. You know what I mean by that? You know, we, we, we bail him out of jail every time he gets in trouble. Are you hearing me? In other words he, he, he goes to jail and, and and he's he's held captive but we release him with our words I don't know about you but I don't I want him locked up and bounded and in separated I, I want to stop opening the door to let him back in the room let him be a plunder to those and in, in fact uh, <laughs> expose says, do not cover their iniquity in other words expose them for who they are amen expose the lies for what it is those lies are there those belittling lies are there to stop the work of the kingdom of God if you walked in this room tonight and you've heard that that voice that sounds like yours and it sounds so very convincing And that convincing voice uh, is this what you're doing in your part of the kingdom uh, is not really that important that's a belittling and a diminishing of what God wants to accomplish do not let their sins be blotted out in other words let them be carry let them carry the weight of the burden they're trying to place upon you let them feel the weight of that He says, for they, I want you to notice that, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Let me say to you, when the enemy comes after you to bring distraction, discouragement, destruction, our Father takes it personally. Whenever there's an attack against you, it's an attack against Christ himself. God will he will avenge you he will take care of the situation but I want to the heart of what I want to get to here is in verse 6 so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work let's look at the first part of that passage right there that scripture they built the wall and they continued as the enemy was belittling them, they decided what God was doing was more important than what the enemy's attack against them and they decided they would just continue because they had the mind to work. So they built the wall up to half of its height at this point in this 6th verse of the 4th chapter of Nehemiah. Now we've likened we have likened the wall to righteousness. We've likened the wall to righteousness. But we understand that our protection is understanding who we are in Christ. Amen? We can have a temple of worship. We can have a place where we can go and, 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 and understand being a covenant child. But, but until we begin to understand who we are in the Lord and that we are godly approved and godly ordained and and we are righteousness in Christ and our faith is in him we leave ourselves exposed to the lies of the enemy see the enemy cannot change who you are he can only convince you you are not who you are but this is what I want us to know is that we are not developing righteousness through our self-effort as its origins do not begin with us we are not developing righteousness we are only discovering righteousness amen so when we talk about building the wall and the wall representing righteousness, we understand that morality does not create righteousness, but righteousness will always create morality within us. But we are not we are not building something, we are receiving something. We are receiving the righteousness of God. Just want to throw that out there to you. But I want you to look here for they had for the people had a mind to work remaining bold when we are being belittled they had a mind to work that word mind there it it literally means in the hebrew it means inner man it means will but most often it means heart it means heart majority of the time when that word is used it literally means heart This word mind, as we look, having God's mind is having God's heart when it comes to the work. When we have, as I've told you before, when we have his heart, we'll have his treasure. We're going somewhere. Just keep coming, keep coming. Having the mind to work, having God's heart to work. I believe with all of my heart, this is where the Lord has brought the church, you and I, to this day, to begin to understand his heart for those around us, for the family, for the community, for the world. Is understanding the heart of God and where he's at, so that we can walk with a boldness as the lion, uh, uh, the, the righteous are as bold as the lion, to walk with that kind of boldness, uh, because what we do understand is what we are doing uh, is absolutely important. In fact, it is the most important work uh, that we're going to be doing. In fact, Paul, uh, he built tents during the day, but that, that might have put money in the bank uh, in order to sustain him in life. Uh, but ultimately, it was the preaching of the word of the Lord, the establishing of the church, uh, that was the most important thing to him. But we see here, As Philippians tells us, therefore, if any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affliction and mercy fulfill my joy, being like minded, having the same love, being of one mind and one accord, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look not only for his own interest but also for the interests of others let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus they had a mind to work in other words they valued what God valued they understood that this what they were doing uh, was important what they understood is that getting cussed out by the enemy was not going to deter them from what they were called to do. Amen? We think because we make a wrong turn on a highway or, or, or we move or we move so, so slow in a car, if somebody behind us starts cussing us out, it's going to kill us. Guess what? You've been talked about more in your, driving ex- in your driving experience than you even know, but it didn't hurt you the least little bit, did it? <laughs> come on. Now, the enemy wants to come in, and he wants to stop you and thwart you and, and, and belittle you so that you will stop the work. They had a mind to work. In other words, they began to, began to understand how important the work was. I want to shift gears just a little bit here. This is just a thought the Lord has given me. We think about the temple and the tabernacle. Think about the construction for it for a minute. There was an outer court, and then there was the sanctuary and the holies of holies. Y'all know that. You, just see, you see the wall built around. You see the outer court you see the it was actually just one building one building with two rooms one building with two rooms but those two rooms within the sanctuary was divided by a veil preventing access into the holies of holies one one building that was separated into two rooms by a veil. But what happened when Jesus Christ declared it is finished? The Bible says that he gave up his spirit. In other words, no man. God gave him the right to lay down his life and also to raise it again. But what happened in the moment upon the cross? The Bible says in Matthew 27:51 that the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. Now, this is a beautiful thought. Two rooms that were separated by a veil are now one room. Two rooms that were separated by a veil are now just one room. Now if you look into the the construction of the tabernacle And the temple you will discover when you walk in the door one side is going to be a table of showbread on the other side is gonna be a lampstand if you walked into an old into the into the tabernacle or the temple before Christ's death you would see sitting right in front you'll find this in Exodus uh, Exodus there make sure I'm I'm telling you the right scriptures you'll find this, uh, actually, yeah, Exodus 30, you, you'll see the description of a piece of furniture that was sitting there in front of the veil. And just behind the veil, we had the Ark of the Covenant. Now remember, we're start, still talking about the mind to work. So you walk in the door, and before Christ's death, you had the table of showbread, the lampstand, the altar of incense. Behind that veil that was only entered into one time a year set the most holy furnishing in all the temple and the tabernacle, which was the Ark of the Covenant. We'll talk about that in a little bit. See if you walked into a what we don't trust in, that sweet frame of the law mentioned in the song. If you walked in before Christ came to fulfill every righteous requirement of the law then you would walk in and there would be a veil and there would be the altar of incense and you couldn't see beyond that but after Christ's sacrifice two, two rooms have become one and now you that is torn from top to bottom so the veil has been removed the separation between man and God now if you could imagine with me if you will this room this single room now being a table who's at the table well we just walked in so we're at the table who else is at the table well we see the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates the the sacrifice of Christ uh, represented in the lampstand Then we see on the other side, the table of showbread, which we have discovered uh, the culmination and the completion of the bread uh, is Jesus Christ, uh, which is the completed work of Christ uh, that took place on earth. And then we see the the guest of honor, which is on the other end of the table, uh, and that is Jesus himself uh, represented in the Ark of the Covenant. Where you see that, that he was the bread that came down, and so he is in the ark. Uh, we see that the, the, the law was established through him. He is the word of God, uh, which is represented in the Ten Commandments, the stones that were there. We see that he is the rightful priest uh, and the one uh, whose rod budded, and that is there in the ark. We see also in uh, when Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden, uh, when they were expelled from the garden, there was an angel with a sword, flaming sword not allowing them entrance back in. But then we see through two, two angels sitting, uh, bowing before one another. As they are there, and that's called the, uh, the lid of the, of the Ark of the Covenant, that is the mercy seat. And that's where God said, I'll meet with you right there upon that blood-stained mercy seat. But then you look at the grave of Jesus Christ when He resurrected. Uh, what was who was sitting at the at the one end uh, of His head uh, and at the other end uh, where His feet lay, where He was there no more? There were angels representing the mercy seat. Two rooms have become one. There's. Not the veil anymore but the center piece of the table is the altar of incense so the Lord was sharing this with me today and I said well Lord do we need to remove the altar of incense now you know the altar where Aaron would go in in the mornings and he would he would take uh, all of the sweeter aromatic uh, Incense and he would put that with the coal from off of the altar That came in the fire and he would he would light that and it would begin to feel the entirety of that of that cavity of that room When he would go in and trim the priest would go in and they would trim the 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 lampstand They were also to put incense there just to begin to feel that room up once again What is that incense that's burning? Well, the Bible tells us in Revelation uh, three times there that that incense is the prayer of the saints. But the beautiful thing that Exodus tells us about, uh, uh, about Exodus 30 tells us about the altar of incense uh, is that you were not to put a drink offering on there. You wouldn't put a, a, a grain offering on there. There wouldn't be a blood offering that would rest upon there. Why? Because that altar nor represent nor need a sacrifice because a sacrifice was taken care of 2,000 years ago. With the Lord, I said, Lord, do, do we need to remove that altar of incense? And it was almost like the Lord was saying, are you crazy? Are you crazy? That altar of incense is the purpose of the church that altar of incense and that intercession is the centerpiece of the table it is the prayers of the Saints that is how we maintain the mind of the Lord for the work because we understand ultimately what the world is searching for and that is purpose What is our purpose? Our purpose is to be intercessors before the Lord, reconciling humanity unto God by knowing who we are in Christ. Do you see it? Intercession there. They had a mind to work. They had decisions to be made. They had a... Uh, a, a Knowing that when the enemy is belittling them, it's because ultimately he's afraid of them He's afraid of us and he wants to tell you that your prayers don't matter that your intercession that goes beyond prayers It's the life that you're living To say When you go before an individual and you share Kindness you share good news you share By being the image bearer of Christ showing them what it means to be the righteousness in Christ what are you doing you're interceding you're interceding that word intercede and Andrew's gonna get deeper into this Sunday possibly she was gonna share it last Sunday but she failed to so now it's mine so sorry babe snooze you lose you know what I'm saying not everybody will be in the class she'll, she'll do better on what the words actually are in, in Hebrew and Greek but if you look in Romans you'll discover how many can tell me what what, uh, what the definition of sin is before we get any further missing the mark losing your mind not knowing who you are missing the mark in fact you're, you're aiming at you can't even find the target because you don't know what the target is so so you're not even but you know what intercession in Romans 8 26 means it's combined of two words a, a, a preposition which is brings intensity to to the word that is attached to it, that, that preposition means above and beyond it's a it's a intensity but that the, the, the other half of that word what it means is to strike the mark to hit the target my arrow just went sin means to miss the mark to miss Christ to lose your mind to not know who you are to walk around, grope in the darkness, and just try to figure out uh, that, that what the meaning of life is uh, as you're punching in and punching out uh, on your time clock, just trying to find happiness and joy and love in all the wrong places uh, and never fully discovering who you are supposed to be. That's called living the life as an unrighteous individual. But when you come into the relationship with the living God, now you discover who you ought to be and who you are in Christ. And now at the center of the table with the illumination of the Spirit and the completed work of Christ and the Lord God Almighty and access to heaven above and there as we are all gathered around the table for what purpose? For intercession, for striking the mark, for knowing who we are. Are because we understand who God is, and we know that we can boldly come before the throne of grace and find help in time of need because we are as we ought to be in Christ. So, if, if the veil is gone, if the veil is gone, we live. In one room with God. Think about it. If I tore this wall out, guess what? Better, better yet, if I took these walls out right here, all the classrooms. Guess what? The sanctuary just got bigger. Guess what? When you take away the separation between God and man, life just got so much bigger. Now a heaven and earth has already access to the world. Now we begin to understand that there's an there's an opening. And why do you think the enemy wants to belittle your work and tell you what you're doing is not important? He knows who you are and his greatest fear is you're going to discover who you are in Christ I'm so thankful that Miss Mildred that taught our first grade Sunday school class did not believe what she was doing was not important because it was her lesson in when I was first, second, third grade that when I came to the Lord laying in my bed Convicted over my sin with the dealing of the Holy Spirit in my heart trying to convince me Interceding on my behalf saying you are not the worthless excuses that you have been told you are not a mistake You can live in me and those lessons that I learned If I would confess my sins and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead that I should be saved Those seeds took a good 15, 20 years to come to fruition, but they did accomplish what God wanted them to accomplish. Why? Because there was a woman who took her post, who built up the wall, who stood in that place, who understood that, hey, I've got the completed work of Christ. I've got the Spirit of the living God. I understand that Jesus Christ is the master, and he is the honorary person at the table, but he has invited us. And now we've got to work, and that work is Intercession. At work is intercession, which includes reconciliation, mm. which includes bringing people, stepping boldly in front of them in the sense of prayer. And I'm, I'm telling you, use wisdom, amen, and in, in, in listen to what I'm saying here. It's not just getting up in people's faces, which I've seen it done before, grabbing people by the nap of the neck and telling them, get right or go to hell. Oh, I want to serve your Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But it's knowing who you are in Christ and exhibiting the behavior of the Lord because He's living in you. And you're living in an open room. I can't hide behind the old the old sinful nature anymore because it was dealt with at the cross. been saved and set free from the devil and from self but my concern is that we're cur- we're, 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 we're scurried over in the corner and, and we're, and we're shaking in fear not knowing who we are we are the heirs of God we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ we are nothing without him, but my God in heaven, we are everything with him. I don't want to be anything without him because that's the whole point. I want him in me and me and him, but I want to live in the open room, the one room with God, not a room where he can only be accessed one time a year or in the midst of a major crisis. Where I just hide on my side with my sinful nature and he's over there with his holiness and in and, and every now and again he'll peek out and I'll feel him and now I'll say okay everything is okay let me get back to work with my self-effort or could the good news really be that good that we now live without separation in an open room with a living god. And now the centerpiece of the table is our purpose. Don't put sacrifice on here. Don't add anything to what's already been perfected. Once a year The high priest would go in one time a year the high priest would go in with the blood of the sacrifice to sanctify that piece of furniture Jesus Christ sanctified the door being open in the purpose of the church once and for all as our high priest and as our sacrifice so that we have boldness boldness to come before our Father and say, Father, what is your business today? What do you need from us today? Oh, Father, I'm asking in this house this evening, Lord, that you would impart to us such a revelation. Lord, a revelation to know that we need not question ourselves. Questioning, Lord, the call and the purpose that you have put before us. But, Lord, I pray, Father, for that holy boldness to come over your children. We are not the wicked. We're not the ones that flee even when there's no trouble to be had. We are the righteous in Christ, and the righteous are as bold as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Father, I believe that the enemy is a a despicable, conniving, wicked liar who's trying to convince, Lord God, your children, that they are living in separate rooms When all along, we are, as the children of God, living in the same room with the Lord. Lord, bring the revelation that there is no separation. And, Lord, that we have a work that needs to be done. Would you stand as the worship team comes tonight? Would you stand right now? Thank you, Lord. They had a mind to work. They had a mind to work. (laughs) They had a the mind. What is that mind? Uh, yes, it was a determination on their part, but what's the mind for us? The mind for us is the mind of Christ. That we stop navel-gazing and looking deeply into ourselves to find the answer, and we start looking up to the Lord, and we start looking out to see what needs we can feel, Because we understand who we are. Some of you, the enemy, and I'm not gonna call you out. I know you're here, and I know the enemy has tried to belittle, he's tried to belittle your significance in the body of Christ. Modern term for that would be to marginalize, set you aside, but I'm saying to you, you can remain bold by knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing who you are in the Lord. That you can pray just as Nehemiah prayed. But see, they not only prayed, they got back to work. They not only prayed, but they jumped right back in. They got back at it. They put their hand to the plow. They kept going. Let me tell you, the devil cannot deal with a made-up mind. He, he, He don't know what to do with it. If if he can offend you out of the house of God, see you, don't want to be you. Are you hearing me? In other words, if he can push you out with offense, he will push you out with offense. But when you make up your mind, you can't offend me away from the things of God, the house of God, the purpose of God. I'm here. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to stay strong. He don't know what to do with that. He'll throw you in a lion's den uh, and you'll come out uh, and, and completely fine uh, because uh, you you just turn them into a knapsack and leaned up next to them, uh, but the very ones that threw you in will be the ones devoured. He'll throw you off in a furnace because you refused to bow. And the Lord will meet you right there in the midst of the furnace. And you won't even smell like smoke. Come on. Lord, give us your mind tonight Lord, I come against every spirit of darkness that has tried to belittle the individuals and the church in this house. I come against every voice of the past from childhood forward that has said that they are unworthy, that they will never be able to accomplish, and whatever they build will crumble even even at the slightest weight is set upon him. Lord, I pray that the enemy will be revealed and the lies will be revealed for what they are. They're lies. And I pray, Lord God, that tonight, at this very moment, that there will be a, a drawing of a line in a sand and a stepping over, that we understand that we have the mind of Christ because we have Christ in our hearts and we understand that we live in an open room with the living God and that, Lord, there is purpose, Father God, set before us and everyone in the room understands that purpose. Is to be the intercessors Lord God for our Father for humanity and in Jesus name I belittle the belittling and I destroy the destroyer if we do so by the word of our testimony by the blood of the Lamb because we love not our life unto death Lord we thank you for freedom come on not now begin to thank him God's doing something here God's doing something here if you're listening online God's God's right now speaking to your heart come on come on God is li- he is listening to your prayers he's moving there in this room in the living rooms in the cars uh, as you're traveling as you're listening to this message uh, right now God is moving uh, to those that are listening from out of state God is reaching in right now he's doing something in your heart he's revealing to you to understand who you are in Christ Father, we thank you tonight that, Lord, no weapon formed against us will ever prosper because it will not prosper against you. Thank you, Father, for this open room that we live in. And let us find freedom, Lord God, in living in this one room with you. In Jesus' name. Amen? Feel better? Amen. Give me praise tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Tonight. As we close, we're going to be talking. We're going to be praying over the Builders International. It's a ministry of the semblance of God. But how many would, could imagine if you went into a, a country and you didn't have the expertise of, to build a building? You're called to preach the word, but you, you don't know how to build a building. You don't know how to run the electric. You don't know how to get the codes. You don't have any of that skill set. But you know that. God's called you to have a place where you can go and worship Builders International comes in and they partner with our missionary missionary partners and when they come in they, they bring that expertise with them and they stay until the work is complete is that isn't that great I mean you've got you've got all different aspects I'm not telling you the Simons of God is perfect but they do a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff but tonight I want us to pray Because what this represents is souls. And there are souls that will come into these buildings that are created. And they're going to find a safety and a haven from the darkness outside. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord God, for all that is being accomplished for the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord God, that we have this building and structure, Lord God. That we can come and we can gather and we can worship. And Lord God, we are so grateful lord we lift up our brothers and sisters in christ throughout the entirety of the world we lift up our missionaries lord god and lord uh, that are there lord god with builders international lord god to establish uh, lord god these these buildings lord that people can come in uh, and they can find a haven lord god uh, and an understanding and a teaching lord god uh, of the word of the lord and i just pray father is this offering lord god is taken up tonight lord as it goes to the furtherance of your kingdom, Lord God. Let there be such a saturation of blessing, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, Father, especially, Lord God, for those missionaries uh, that are laboring tirelessly for the kingdom of God throughout the world. Lord, bless them, Father God, with your strength. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Ushers are at the back to receive the offering. God bless you. Remember, 8.30 Saturday morning's prayer meeting, uh, Empty Nesters on Saturday. We'll see you back here on Sunday. God bless.